We're privileged today to have Prophet Clay Nash with us, his wife Susan also. He was with us at the Hub uh, and did such a great job. And uh, just practically speaking, these last few months, Clay has been instrumental in helping give strategy into our nation and into uh, what God is wanting to do through dreams that God has given to him. And uh, also, by the way, he has a new book out on dreams. It's in the foyer. Just get it. It'll bless you. Uh, but many of the dreams that he has, and for all I know, he dreamed one last night about to, today. God is giving him present revelation uh, through those. But uh, it's been very instrumental in giving strategy direction to the ecclesia for our times. And uh, I asked him to stay over not knowing what we know now, but, but not knowing what we know now. I'm glad I did now <laughs> because I want to hear what God's saying. I'll hear a present word of the Lord, and I know he's going to give us that. Would you welcome Prophet Apostle Clay Nash? From South Haven, Mississippi. Bless you, Thank you, Apostle Tim. Thank you, Carol. I love the worship here. If it wasn't your daughter, we'd just proselyte her and move her down with us and uh, turn her loose. Amen. Thank, thank you for the worship here. It just, it's just it's incredible. I want to mention something uh, very quickly about the book. My wife told me if I didn't, it would be uh, not good later. And so uh, when I'm threatened, I'm obedient. And uh, if you are interested in this book, the, the price on it is $10. Am I right, Susan? But these make good Christmas presents. Let me tell you what just happened. I just heard from someone very dear to me. And they attended their traditional church this morning, and it was announced in the bulletin that they were to start calling him Vice President Pence, I mean, uh, President Pence-elect, in the bulletin, and they left. Uh, who am I saying? Pence, yeah, excuse me, Biden, I, with it, and they left. And uh, I'm going to get, I, I think I've, I'm going to get this book in their hand. This book would help some of your friends, some of your family, and we're going to run a Christmas special. Is that okay? You're going to decorate for Christmas today, so we're there. And if you would buy three of these books, they're just $25, okay? So pick them up, send it to someone. I'm telling you, we thought this was a, uh, this book, the dreams in here was about the election, <laughs> the election's still going on. And uh, I, I asked Toad Dutch, I said, I think this book will not be near as relevant uh, when the election comes. How wrong was I? We are, un we are further unloading dreams in this book all the time to get strategies. I mean, God just keep pulling them up. I've probably had 60 dreams since the book came out. I'm going to do another book. And I believe some of it's strategy. Lord, let me tell you two things. In 2019, in August, Dutch was speaking on Ecclesia. We were in Brandon, Mississippi. And the Lord spoke to me. He said, this year, in the Jewish year, Hebraic year was about to begin in September. He said, this year you will enter in to the 31-year reign of Josiah. 
which will carry, would carry us to 2050, a jubilee year. And uh, I'm still unpackaging that, but the other thing that he said was about the fact that in June of that year, yeah, June of that, uh, that year, uh, Dutch and Chuck and I were together and others in, in Baton Rouge, and the Lord spoke to me and said, I'm setting America up for a 100-year reign. And I don't know that I fully understand that, but I fully believe it. Amen? I fully believe it. And I believe there's some strategy in these dreams that God is giving everyone. I want to read you a very quick dream. Uh, did I bring my phone with that? That I had yesterday morning while I was here. I thought some of, uh, many of you maybe were praying for me. I had the battle of a lifetime yesterday with a toothache. And uh, praise God, God won. Uh, you know, with that, I did get a little bit of help. I, uh, I told uh, Apostle Tim today, it's not always what you know, but who you know. And so I have a great friend who's in ministry, who is a dentist, and he was able to call in a prescription of antibiotics and some steroids, and I came back to the land of the living. I want to tell you, it was, it was probably the most intense pain that, uh, that I have ever experienced. Dream this, uh, let me see if I can find it here. Dream this uh, yesterday morning. Uh, I got too much stuff. I feel like Dutch now scrolling through this. You ever seen him do that with dreams? I dreamed the morning of November the 21st that Trump's legal team received a package. As they unwrapped it, there was a cardboard box about two feet by two feet inside. Inside that was another box. Inside it was another box. Inside it was another box, and so on and so on. When they reached the smallest box, about two inch by two inch, there was a note and a key. I could not read the note, but the key was a key like Susan and I had when we first married and we had a bank lock box. I think we uh, put pictures in it, about all we had to put in it then. But we, we, we did have, she worked in the bank, so I think she got it free. We didn't even have to pay monthly for it. Uh, the lawyer, Jenna Ellis, informed the others, this is it. Come on, catch it. Catch it. I, I, you know, dreams are prophetic. Dreams are prophecies. This is it. Oh, we must retrieve this evidence and present our case. All of the lawyers stormed out shouting, they ain't seen nothing yet. There's something coming. And they got to keep digging. They got to keep looking. They got to keep going through the process. I believe tonight in Michigan, we're going to turn something. I believe tonight in Michigan, we're going to turn something. I want to tell you, I, I don't beg God, but I... I, I uh, I beseeched God yesterday for a healing in this tooth because I've just got to be a part of this. I know that, that we're all carrying something and we need each other to, uh, to accomplish it with that. All right, let me get set up here. I'm not big on titles, but if I would title this, I would title it Moving Beyond Limitations. In Deuteronomy chapter 11, if you want to get God's Word out, how many of you got God's Word? <laughs> I got both of them today, amen? You know, it's not really, 
a Bible unless it's black and it says holy on it. Amen? In Deuteronomy 11, verse 8 through 12, it says, Therefore you shall keep every commandment which I command you today, that you may be strong and go in and possess the land which you cross over to possess, and that you may prolong your days in the land which the Lord swore to give your fathers to them and their descendants, a land flowing with milk and honey. For the land for which you go to possess is not like the land of Egypt from whence you have come. There you sowed your seed and watered it by the foot of vegetable garden. But the land which you cross over to possess is a land of hills and valleys which drinks water from the rain of heaven. We are battling to see the rain of heaven come on this nation like we've never seen it before. What is ahead will cause Azusa Street to be pale. What is ahead will cause Brownsville and Toronto and, and all the places. It will be pale because it's not coming to another city. It's coming to a nation. Isaiah 66 says God can save a nation in a day. We have been properly positioned and we are being postured for the outpouring of, of, of God's Spirit like we've never seen before. We are seeing. I, I had just a snippet of a dream about me last night, and this is no way in, uh, in any way to be bragging, but there was a period of time in my life and, and that I was given many times, over 50 times, God would give me people's social security numbers. Now that scares you today. This was back in the 80s when it was not as big a deal as what it's become today. But let me just tell you the fruit. That's the manifestation, but let's talk about the fruit. Every truck driver I gave their Social Security to, number two, got born again. Four or five of them are evangelists from the seat of a truck today. Are you hearing me? They're winning people. One couple out of Knoxville had lost their kids. The state had taken them. They had got cleaned up enough to get a, dry, uh, a job driving, but they couldn't have their kids. I led them to the Lord right on the side of the highway near Tucumcari, New Mexico. And three months later, they had their kids back. And they moved to Hammer, uh, Oklahoma City from there. And they began to evangelize from their truck driving job. In fact, we, after I led the, them to the Lord, we went down the road a ways, and the guy told me, he said, he said pull over, i got to talk to you. He said, my grandmother, I called my grandmother. No, he didn't say call. He said, my grandmother told me I'm, I, uh, that I'm not really saved unless you put some of that oil on me. He said, I want, I want you to put some of that oil. He didn't even know the word anointed. And I raised the hood on my big long nose, 18-wheeler and pulled the dipstick out of that Caterpillar engine and painted him a big old black cross right in his forehead. He went to the truck. We stopped to eat breakfast in Amarillo, and he didn't even know it was on there, and everybody thought it was Ash Wednesday. Amen? But he got born again, and he stayed with it. See, it's not in the manifestations as much as it is the fruit that remains. 
And there is an outpouring as we move beyond our limitation. I want to tell you this nation has operated too long independently of each other. It's operated too long in a vegetable mindset. We can throw a little water hose out there and water it because it's about you and your four and no more. God is raising the standard. He's looking for a people that's going to say we're going to become fitly joined together. We're going to become a great and exceeding marching army because there is a victory that is ahead. You are a part of that. You watching by streaming today. I don't care how <coughs> weary you are. <clears throat> I don't care how much, you, you know, that you, doubt is trying to rise up. Reach down inside of you and stir that manifestation of faith that God put in you by Holy Spirit. And I want to tell you, there are some victories ahead. In Genesis chapter 2 now. I want to give you four words before I go into this. Maturity, reality, change, and encouragement. In Genesis 2, we're going to begin, I think, in verse 8. The Lord planted a garden in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed. And out of the ground, the Lord God made every tree grow that is pleasant in sight and good for, for food. The tree of life was also in the midst of of the garden and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now a river went out of Eden to water the garden. From there it parted and became four river heads. Everybody say four river heads. One of the reasons they call Potter County the headwaters of the Allegheny God's country because up there there are four river heads. And it became so obvious to me the other night one of the reasons that God sent us there. Sue and I arrived in there on Sunday before and we spent some time praying is because of those four riverhead. And so I began to look. I actually did some teaching on this, had a little bit of insight, but I began to look at it. And I know that God said, release this to this house this day because it's going to be used to catapult you, not just move you, but catapult you forth in this war in a greater measure from Middletown, Ohio. God has anointed this house. I was here two years ago when... I think it was Jane Hammond, I can't remember, I believe it was Jane Hammond, she said it's no longer a regional prophetic summit, it's a national prophetic summit. The mantle changed, just as every year Hannah went to see her son, and he, she carried him a new coat. A new coat came upon this man and woman of God and upon this house that night. That's why you're warring like you are. That's why the angel that always stands right up here is standing there today. I saw him in the Reset 2020. He turned and looked out. Why did he look out? He looked out because it's not a time to be looking inward. It's a time to be looking outward. It's very much about what goes on here this morning, but it's more significant about what are you going to do with what goes on this morning. name of the first river was the Pashon. This one skirts the whole land. The name of the second was the Gikon. And it's the one that goes around the whole land of Cush. The name of the third is the Hittichel or the Tigris. And it's the one that goes towards the east to Syria. And the fourth one was the Euphrates. Now I want to just bring just a couple of parallels to you very quickly about the difference between... See, what God's doing is shifting us out of this garden mindset into a city mindset. 
He began with a garden in Genesis, but he ends up with a city in Revelation. And he's bringing together a city that's going to be authority of this nation. He's, I want to tell you, he, uh, someone just had a dream and sent it to Dutch that Dutch opened the door of the Supreme Court and there wasn't nine justices in there, there were nine angels. I'm telling you, God is invading our government in a very powerful way. We are going to change. Don't look at the news. Don't believe the lies. Don't, don't buy into the spin. Rise up and listen to heaven. Heaven is speaking. He's speaking through the prophet, the true prophets. But he's also speaking into the hearts of people. He's giving dreams. Let me give these comparisons. In Genesis 1, 2, 12... Uh, excuse me, Genesis 2.12, we see a river flowing out from Eden, but Eden, but in Revelation 22.1, we see a river flowing from God's throne. In Genesis 2.12, we see gold in the land, but in Revelation 21.21, 21, we see gold in the city. The streets are paved. In Genesis 2.9, we see a tree of life in the midst of the garden, but in, Gen- in Revelation 22.2, we see the tree of life throughout the city. People are not going to have to hunt for the tree of life. I'm telling you, it's going to be everywhere. There's an outpouring coming. Whatever street you live on, it's coming to your, your neighborhood. It's coming to your suburb. It's coming to your place. It's coming to your family. It's coming to your prodigals. It's, listen, there's about to be, I believe my cousin who texted us this morning that's leaving his traditional church today is the first fruits of what I've been prophesying for five years. God caught me up and showed me another outpouring. It's not going to be just a charismatic outpouring like it was, but people are tired of being fed a pacifier. You say, what are you talking about? They call it Spirit-filled music. It's not because they're not spirit-filled. It's contemporary. Are you hearing me? How many of you have raised a child? You can put that pacifier in their mouth, and it soothes them for a while. But eventually they want the bottle, or they want mama. And I'm telling you, there's a holy discontent rising up. They, they've bought into the divination that you can't vote for a man that's kind of roguish in his personality, a bully, but they can, you can vote for someone that wants to take the life of a baby after it's born. And that's only the beginning. I know this Sunday morning, my wife asked me, hey, but I wanted to tell you, I woke up this morning, this was so strong in my spirit, to hell with the devil. To hell with the devil. He ain't going to have this nation. He's not going to have my kids and grandkids and great-grandkids. He's not going to. You say, Prophet Nash, do you know that? Yes, I know that. Just as I know Donald Trump won the election. Be sure and write me. Tell me how you know I'm a false prophet. I love the delete button. The only one better than that is the block button. Are you hearing me? Let me give you just a couple more comparisons. In Genesis 2.12, we see Bedlam and Onyx stone. In Revelation 21.19, we see all manner of precious stone. He's taking off the limitations when you move from a garden to a city. 
Verse five, uh, uh, number five in Genesis 3, 8, we see God walking in the garden. In Revelation 21, 3, we see God dwelling in the city. I'm telling you, he's coming for a habitation. We've sung about it, but he's ready to do it. But we've got to rise up in battle and create a place for him to come. Now, let's talk about moving beyond our limitations. Remember, I gave to you the words maturity, reality, change, and encouragement. We can see these in the riverheads. The name of the first river was Pashon, and I'm probably not pronouncing these Hebraically right, but uh, just, just work with this Arkansas young, old man, young man, whatever I am today that wasn't taught phonics in school, all right? I tremble around Dutch and Tim and others that are Hebraic scholars as they are and know perfectly how to pronounce these words. But whatever it is, it is the one that skirts the whole land. The meaning of this name of this river means dispersive. That's where we are today. Dispersive. Dispersive. The root of it means to grow fat or grow up. This river speaks of maturity. I have watched over the last couple of years, since 2016, the ecclesia mature more than those four years than I have. I've been, listen, I'm not boast. These men teach it far better than I do, but I began to preach ecclesia almost 30 years ago. I ran across one little nugget, just one little nugget. I ran across the Hebraic story how that when a son showed maturity, his Jewish father, Hebraic father, would take him to the gates of the city and call on the ecclesia. And then he would adopt his own son by saying these words, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. And when I discovered it, I knew that ecclesia had to mean more than church. Are you hearing me? I knew that there was something, and I began to dig into it. And I have to tell you, I was a, I was a, a prophet before my time. I mean, Susan can tell you, I run off more people out of our churches preaching this because they were, I don't know if they weren't ready for it or they just refused it. But I kept on with it, and God kept, matured me and brought me in. So, and we're at a time of maturity. Now, remember what it said? It means to grow fat or grow up. This is the year of the ox. If you follow Chuck Pierce or any of the people that teach Hebraically, the year of the ox. But let me just tell you what the ox is about. Maturity. You know, ox is not a breed. You cannot go find a, a breed of ox. An ox is a dairy bull that they decide not to slaughter when he's on his mother's milk and make veal, and they keep fattening him out. When the Scripture says in Isaiah, I just went like 1028, is it? I, it says the anointing oil destroys the yoke. What it's talking about, when he's a young dairy bull, they put a yoke around his neck. He can't go under the fence. He can't jump over the fence. He has learned. It's kind of like the elephant with a rope tied around its leg and, and a pole. It learns it when it's young. In fact, if you study the word ox, and I've been breaking it down again recently, it has, actually the reason, it comes from meaning to be domesticated. But when it says the anointing oil destroys the yoke, it's speaking about because what happened, if you just keep fattening that dairy bull out, one day his neck, the fatness of his neck, breaks that yoke off. But he's already trained. I'm telling you, some of you in this room, I hope all of you in this room, but it's going on, the yoke's coming off of us. I remember when one of the yokes came off of me. Every time we, it was time for a new vehicle, God would tell me, 
Like one time he told me, he said, your next vehicle will be a black Suburban. Da, 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 da. Went down the line. A dealer called me and said, hey, how many miles you got on that Tahoe? I told him, he said, well, look, uh, what's your next vehicle going to be? And I found it very interesting. God had just spoke to me. I just told soon. I said, a black Suburban. This, 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 this. He said, you like a sunroof? I said, really don't. Two months later, he said, he called me. He said, I got your black Suburban in. I'll call him his first name. Mr. Terry, I'm not on budget. That's a ministry vehicle. We're not on budget. And I put a lot of miles on this Tahoe, and you're not going to give me anything for it. He said, what, what, what did I charge you for? I said, 21.8 or 23.8. He said, you take 20,000 for it? I said, let me pray about yes. <laughs> you just wouldn't believe the deal that he gave us. I mean, I had to pay some, but very little some. It was so good a deal. He was in another state, Arkansas, where we're from. My dad lived 20 miles, managed, a, had a cattle farm, and I called my dad. I said, Dad, can you go pick up that black Suburban and bring it to me and drive this Tahoe back? I can't get there for a few days. I don't want him to change his mind. And we, we wore it out. But I remember asking God, what's my next vehicle going to be? And he said, what would you like to have? See, maturity had come. And I said, Lord, I want to pick up. I said, real apostles drive pickups. <laughs> and I began to look, and we found one, and it was just too high. And the price came down. It was a customized pickup. Price came down, price came down, price came down. And we finally called about it. We made a deal. We went to get it. And I mentioned they were asking about it. And I said, well, I don't have to pay sales tax. It's going in a nonprofit's name and da-da-da-da and all this. And he said, nonprofit? I said, tell me about it. And I told the son, he said, give me a minute. He said, our owner of this company loves to bless nonprofits. Gave us $6,000 back for what we were paying for. Are you hearing me? He didn't choose it. But can I tell you what he did do? I delighted myself in the Lord, and he placed his desire in my heart and we drove that truck in fact first time your brother saw it it was a company called southern comfort they, down in alabama they customized trucks and i remember i picked dutch up and he looked and he said nash i thought you boys drank that stuff i didn't know that you drove it <laughs> if you know dutch you know you probably know him a little bit by tim but he's got he does have some humor Second one, it speaks of maturity. Maturity cannot just be learned, it's developed. Listen, we have too many people in the body of Christ today that are teachable, but they're not transformable. Did you catch that? You only mature as you're transformed, not as you're taught. And the, and the journey between being taught and transformed is the journey of application. And that's how you mature. Let me go on. Watching my time here. The name of the second river is the Gikon or Gion. It's the one which goes around the whole land of Cush. The meaning of this name means paradise, or the root means to gush forth. This speaks about reality. I am amazed at the people that are detached from reality. Anybody here a little bit strange like me and you love the Matrix movies? Oh, I see one, maybe two hands, three hands. How many of you remember the first one? God speaks to me out of movies. 
My wife can tell you, he speaks to me. And I watched that, and this is what he said. He said, one group of the people are trying to escape from reality, and the other group of people are trying to escape to reality. You know, I don't want to be controversial, but the extreme, extreme, extreme rapture, escape out of here teaching was just a teaching to help us escape reality. I'm, I'm living, I'm occupying till he comes. I live like he might come tonight, but I know in my spirit he's not. Listen, he's coming back for a church without spot and blemish, and we're closer to that today, four years down the road, than we've ever been. But I'm telling you that we still at times look like a snaggletooth harlot. Look at the evangelicals that wouldn't vote. Look at the evangelicals that voted for a man that believes in the shedding of innocent blood. <coughs> it speaks of it, it, it speaks of reality. The scripture, I think it was Tim, I believe it was Tim quoted it, you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. I'm so glad he didn't say set me free because I got a whole teaching. It's not, when you go into the Greek word, it's more make. If I went down and bailed you out, I set, I set you free. If I go down and prove you're innocent, I made you free. And he proved us innocent by his blood. Are you hearing me? But those words, truth, you will know the truth and the truth. Actually, you can break it down. One of the words is a reality. Only the reality, and listen, the only reality is, is what heaven is saying, not what's going on around us. I kept telling that tooth that yesterday. In fact, somebody wrote me a while ago, one of our spiritual sons wrote me a while ago, and want to know how I'm doing. I said, I'm amazed at what a, vi a, a Walmart set of vice scripts and a strong woman can accomplish. <laughs> no, we didn't do that. But I thought about it, because I was down in, in Cusco, Peru, in a tooth split, I had a temporary filling, and I knew it wasn't going to do, and I knew it wasn't going to no dentist there, and I borrowed someone's leather man, I went to the bathroom, and I pulled my own tooth, and would you believe a Peruvian walked in while I was doing it, and he fainted. I'm going, <laughs> I'm dead, he busted his head when he hit the floor, I mean, we had, a, we had a blue light special going on in the bathroom. It speaks of paradise, but it means to God's for Listen, the only paradise there is is when we mature. See, peace doesn't come from having the nicest house in the city or the best car or the best job or the most beautiful wife or whatever like that. Peace and paradise comes when you mature because those things don't mean anything. Are you hearing me? God is maturing you. God is maturing me. We're going to that place. It speaks of reality. One reality that God is seeking to make us aware that the areas we are not empowered in so we can see the reality of how we need each other. God said to me for years, be aware of your strengths, but become more aware of your weaknesses. When you know it, listen, I am administratively bankrupt. That's the reason I have my daughter Dawn, who is, is like your Caitlin here. Uh, she, you know, she's the one that, that keeps it. Susan is administratively. I don't try to administrate. In fact, I frustrate them. I'm a facilitator. Okay? The difference between an administrator and a facilitator, when you get there to do a job, everything's there that you need from an administrator. A facilitator waits till you get there. You go to Home Depot. You do this. You do that. And it frustrates people. But I know my limitations. Two realities you must know, and this applies to our nation. 
A problem is something you can do something about. We've got a problem in this nation, but we can do something about it. We are doing something about it. Prayer is working, but we've got to activate beyond prayer. I want to tell you, prayer without obedience, it's like the answer, my friend, is blowing in the wind. No, the answer, my friend, is Christ in you and I, the hope of glory. So the first one is a, a problem, something you can do something about, a fact of life is something you can do nothing about. And we, you know, the, <clears throat> I don't know what to call them, the others, I'm trying to be gracious. They're, you know, Biden believes that, uh, that a child should be able to get, get uh, transgender training and all that at a young age. They're trying to, listen, the, tr the truth is they were born either male or female. I'm not, I'm not being harsh against people that get mixed up, but let me tell you where, I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you where the problem is. We've got a whole society of people being raised up that have no identity. Not just identity in their gender, they have no identity. We need some fathers. We need a father. And I believe what's next for Tim Sheets and Dutch Sheets and other men of God, myself as well, because I believe it came out right here on this pulpit on the Saturday, we've got to release a fathering spirit across this nation. And that's not just discipleship or mentoring. Listen, a fathering spirit is more than just spending time uh, with that. You've got to go beyond that. Let me tell you what a fathering spirit does. It brings correction when correction needs to become. I got a philosophy, can I tell you, or an ideology. I believe the problem with America is the right man ain't whoop some of these people's backside. Are you hearing me? Listen, did y'all ever see when the first riot broke out several years ago and that young boy, I think it was 14, 15 years old, went down and joined him. His mama saw him on TV. I watched her. She almost pulled his ear off his head as she led him out of that street. Let me tell you, to be with my dad. My dad didn't get born again to 63. He'd grab me by my shoulder, and this is the way we'd have walked. I would have, he would have took steps and I would have took leaps. And it wasn't child abuse. Third River, the Hittikale, or the Tigris. It is the one which goes towards the east of Assyria. This name means straight, deep, and fierce, and it speaks of change. We need change that is straight, that is deep, and fierce right now. I'm telling you, we need men like Tim Sheets and Dutch and others <clears throat> across Ken Malone, Don, the, the Jackie Tyre, the women, Barbara Yoder. We just need, I'm talking about truth from the pulpits. How many of you know the truth will make you free? But it always makes you miserable first. Come on. If you, if you ain't got a little misery going on in your life, you're not embracing truth. And truth is, is not just something you hear and carry. When truth, when you know the truth, that's an intimate word. No, you become one with it. If you touch me, you touch his truth. See, in my language, there are things I know. Excuse me, there are things I believe, and there's things I know. Let me tell you some things I know. He sprinkled the blood on the mercy seat. He rose on the third day. There, there's a man in heaven. Amen. I know these things. I've not seen them. I've not been there. I've had no, I, I have been caught up in, into heaven. I've had some experiences. 
<clears throat> but not because of them. I know because I've come one with truth. If you touch God, you, you touch love. If you touch any portion of God, you touch love. He doesn't just love. He is love. Anybody ever been to the woodshed with God? I was preaching one of the biggest apostolic conferences at that time, back in the 90s, I'd ever preached in in Nottingham, England. And I brought a word about your inheritance, God's boundaries, right out of Genesis here. Men were slapping me on the back. I mean, I was the talk of the town. I'm from Arkansas. We have a tendency to let our heads swell a little bit. That night we went into the night meeting. A friend of mine out of Canada was speaking. He kept referencing the message I brought that day. I mean, it was it, and I heard God. I was sitting just about where Susan is on the front row. She was sitting beside me, and this is what God said. He said, Clay, on your best day, you've not helped me much. I felt like he walked up and gave me one right in the gut. I fell off the bench onto my knees. I'm crying. I've got excretions coming out. My, I mean, I'm undone. And he come along after that and gave me a karate chop right on the back of the neck. And he said, on your, he first said, on your best day, you're not helping me much. He said, but on your worst day, you're not hindered me a bit. And I came face to face with the wretched man that I am. Susan didn't know what was going on. The speaker didn't know what was going on. Nobody in the room knew what was going on. Me and God was having a God moment in the woodshed. And I began to change. I began to try to reel ego and things in. And he's still working on me, in case you don't know. Or you hear me. Three times you'll change. Well, we, I've already told you this story. Remember the elephant, the rope, the stake? With that, but three times you'll change. When people hurt enough, they have to. When you hurt enough, you have to, you'll change. When you learn enough, you want to, you'll change. And when you receive enough resources, you're able to. I want to tell you something. I have a son-in-law, been a spiritual son to me 30 years, 30-some years now. Been a hard year for him. He had been married as a young man, had a son, and his son overdosed this year. It's been a hard year, but Todd's been in my life, and I love him dearly. But over 30 years, I'd be headed to Zaire, Africa, and Todd would say, if you'll believe with me for the money, come in, I'll go with you and carry your bags. I said, then it won't come. He said, what do you mean? I said, that's not how God works. I said, you got to settle whether or not you're supposed to go, and that gives God freedom to intervene and help you. There's a man who used to minister all over Ohio many, many years ago by the name of Robert Tom, T-H-O-M. Anybody ever with that? You know, God would tell him, go to the airport. He'd stand there and tap, tap his toe when a guy woke up and said, are you, you Robert Tom? He said, yeah. He said, Lord, tell me, come and buy your ticket. Are you hearing me? We've never did anything that we had the money when he told us to do it. No, no I'm not talking about just a little product, a big product. I'm talking about with it. But when we step out, that's when God provides. Are you hearing me? We've got to come in to this reality. We've got to move into this place that God has for us. It speaks of change. You'll when you receive enough, but the way you receive enough is hear what he's saying and step out. I want to tell you, it's like this. You take that first step of faith, and God, the windows of heaven opens over your obedience, and he begins to provide. We have watched it. 
Two and a half years ago, we bought 353 acres of land with a 4,000 square foot chalet, a metal shop, and a uh, hay barn on it. $700,000. Didn't have, didn't have a penny to pay down. With that, we, Chuck had prophesied to us a word on March 6, 2015. He said, when you discover the ark in Arkansas, you'll be ready to move out and lead in the nation. Anybody ever had, you know, I love Chuck, but sometimes you really got to pray to understand what he's prophesying. I mean, I love him. He, he you know, with it. So we, you know, we just kept looking, looking, and we, we, had, a, we had eight other words we were to acquire land in Arkansas. Let, let me just tell you my limit. I think 50, 60, maybe 75 acres. You know, maybe $150,000. And this land came up for $700,000, and we went to visit the, the land. We knew for five months it was our land before we ever went and looked at the land. During the five months we waited, guess what? It came off a real estate contract. <laughs> Didn't have to have a realtor involved. We told the lady after being there two days, it's over the trust. We're going to go home, pray three more days, and we'll give you an answer. And Susan looked up on the front of the chalet. Has a second-story balcony. And carved in about 18-inch letters, it said, the ark. We looked at her and said, when did that get put there? She said, when my husband built it in 1975, we bought it. Not only did we buy it, they financed the whole thing for five years at zero interest. And let me just tell you, this ministry and Tim and Carol have been a blessing to us and giving in debt. And I, I'm just amazed. And we just went over books while ago. We mail a check every month. And I was amazed how much we could mail this month. But I've been focused on other things. And I asked Susan, and she checked, and she's headed home to send the check. And I told, you know, with it, we are, we are amazed. Just the other morning, I get a report every morning of giving online. And I got up the other morning, a lady somewhere in another state who we don't even know who she was sent $2,000 for it. I mean, we're just amazed. But where God guides, he does provide. <coughs> That's not just a cliche. Number four, I'm finishing up here. The fourth river is the Euphrates. The meaning of this means to break forth from the east. The root word speaks of encouragement. The rising of the sun brings forth a new day. With that new day comes encouragement. Lamentations 3, 22 through 24 says, Though, uh, excuse me, through the Lord's mercies, we're not consumed. That's where we are right now in this nation right now. If it was not for the currency of mercy and the angel that visited Tim and Dutch and Ken and, and all of this that we're learning, I want to tell you, we'd be in a dire strait. Are you hearing me? Through the Lord's mercies, we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I hope in him. See, most plants bloom early in the morning. Refreshing comes with the dew of the morning. You may be handicapped on all sides, but do not become frustrated. You may be puzzled, but do not become despaired. You may experience persecution, but never believe you have to be alone. You might even get knocked down. But God will never allow you to be knocked out. Are you hearing me? Are you hearing me? I want to read to you from Philippians chapter 3. Don't turn in your Bibles because I'm reading from the message. 
I'm closing out with this. I'm not saying I have it all together, that I've made it, but I'm well on my way. Now, this is Philippians, okay? I'm well on my way, reaching out for Christ, who so wondrously reached out for me. I love this part. I was reading that many years ago, just out of the New King James, I think it was, and the Lord said, that's kind of how you were. I said, what's that, Lord? He said, well, I just, I, I just kept kissing you to finally one day you puckered up and kissed back, and we've been in love since. That's my testimony. I'd get in the truck and get all drugged up and go to California, and he was there. I'd leave, drug up. I drugged up so much one time in, in Oklahoma. I was headed to Buffalo City, New York, went right there, our hometown, Arkansas, didn't even stop to see Susan. Finally, over in Tennessee, I came down enough that I knew. I thought, oh, my God, I didn't even stop by home. Come on, I lived a rough life. I was running, I was running between four and 5,000 miles a week without a driver on a truck. So you saw the stuff about killer trucks. I never had an accident by the mercies of God, but I'm going to tell you, I, w- I could have been one. Are you hearing me? By no means do I count myself expert in all of this, but I have got my eye on the go. (laughs) 100-year run of God, 31-year reign of Josiah. Four more years finishing well for President John the Beloved Trump. I know what God is saying, and he said he's the winner. Amen? Kim Clement wasn't wrong. Many prophets wasn't wrong. But I'm amazed that the, if the, the, the prophetic voices are changing the narrative right now because they don't want to lose their following. I'm just telling you, I'm not speaking to you in this room. I hope I'm not speaking to anybody on the stream. But if you want to quit following me because I believe Trump is the winner, then do so. But I'll welcome you back when he's in that office. I'm not going to hold it against you. Amen? I remember when David and them went over to battle and a bunch of the tribes or part of the tribe didn't want to go. And the Lord told him, said, you, you let them share in your spoils. We better keep that attitude, army. We better keep that attitude. My lottery number in the Vietnam War is 327. My best friend, Louis Francis McLean Jr., was number four. Louis was an Arkansas boy, wore glasses all his life. And they'll tell you in the army, most of the people who grew up with guns don't never become snipers or sharpshooters because they've learned a lot of wrong things and it's hard to unlearn them. But Louis was so good, he'd never served a day in Vietnam. He ended up on the president's security team in Washington D.C. I have another friend, Bobby Fisher. Sister might even be watching today. Bobby did four tours, three, three or four tours as a Green Beret. Last one for his younger brother so his brother wouldn't have to do it. I grew up in that era. I grew up around a lot of Green Berets. I've been around a lot of Delta off. Listen, the dream I had about the turnaround at the Trump Hotel, when the angels came in and Dutch and the angels tapped a gavel and a tuning fork together, the people began to verberate. And then they morphed into special forces. We're right in that. Listen, I thought that was about that meeting. It wasn't about that meeting. It's about now. And you better receive the vibrations and begin to verberate with God because he's going to morph you into something you don't even know you are. 
Susan and I love, I like blood and gut type movies and somebody breaks in a house and they're whooping up on the husband and the wife's over in the corner hollering and Susan's saying, no, not in this house. I'm going to shoot their eyes out. (laughs) Come on. And she can do it too. Let me just tell you, she can do it. Her dad had an older, uh, she had an older brother and a sister, but she was the tomboy. Her dad taught her how to shoot, and she knows how to shoot, ride horses. Her and I were friends. We rode horses so much together, did things like that. Are you hearing me? Let me finish up. So I'll keep my focus on that goal. Those of us who want everything God has for us, did you hear that? I cannot believe the people that are wavering, (coughs) excuse me, between two opinions. I cannot believe the people... Well, I just don't think he's going to win. Well, let me just tell you, the thing that Job feared the most came upon him. What are you going to do? You know, God forbid, but what are you going to do if he doesn't get in the office? I'm going to see what God says to do, and we're going to continue to battle. Are you hearing me? We're going to continue to battle. It ain't over. It ain't over. They ain't seen nothing yet. That's what the dream said. You wait till the night. They ain't seen nothing yet. You need to stream that tonight. Keep folks on the go. Those of you who want everything God has for us, if any of you have something else in mind, something less than total commitment, God, is, is, God will clear your blurred vision. You will see it yet. See, that's almost what was in that dream. Now that we're on the right track, let's stay on it. Are you hearing me? I need to pull up one other thing. It's going to take me just a minute. I'm doing good on time, but I want to read one other thing to you. And then I just, I, I feel that Apostle Tim is to come and uh, close this out like he feels he's supposed to. Let me find the right one. Would you honor the Lord and stand to your feet as I read this to you? I'm going to read to you a commission as a soldier in the army of the Lord. I want to tell you that I borrowed it from General Patton. Everybody breathe out. I took all the adjectives out. He was a man of strong adjectives. You know, I'm not in, advita- in any way advocating cursing, but you got to appreciate some of the men and what they accomplish. You know, I can get past a little bit of their profanity and get to the real man. Listen to this. Now, I want you to remember that no one ever won a war by just dying for his cause. He won it by making the other poor, dumb demon enemy die for their cause. Men and women, all this stuff you've heard about Christians not wanting to fight, wanting to stay out of the war, stay out of politics, is a lot of church life horse dung. Followers of Jesus traditionally love to fight. The kingdom suffers violence and the violent enter it by force. All authentic followers of Jesus love the sting of battle. When you were kids, you all admired the champion pool shooter, the fastest runner, the big gear big league ball player, the toughest boxer, the best football player. Followers of Jesus love a winner. Jesus is a winner. Followers of Jesus don't tolerate losers. 
Followers of Jesus play to win all the time. I wouldn't give a hoot at the gates of hell for a man who lost and laughed and did not learn from his loss. That's why Jesus' followers have never lost and will never lose a war because the very thought of losing is hurtful to God's army. Now the apostolic is about team. It lives, it eats, it sleeps, it fights as a team. You'll see a team tonight. You saw one in Allegheny. I saw one last night in Atlanta. This individuality stuff is a bunch of demonic crap. The, the bellest rebels who wrote that stuff about individuality for Time or Newsweek do not know anything more about a real battle than they do about mountain oysters or grits. We have the finest weapons and resources, the best spirit, the best men in the world, and women in the world. You know by God's grace, I actually pity those poor demons we're going up against. By God's grace, I really do. We're not just going to cast them out. We're going to cut out their living guts and use them to grease the treads of our tanks. We're going to murder those lousy principalities by the bushel. Now, some of you mild-mannered ones, I know you're wondering whether or not you're cut out for this unit at Apostolic Special Forces and what you will do under fire. Don't worry about it. I can assure you that you will do all. You will all do your duty. The demons of the land are the enemy. Wade into them. Spill their blood. Shoot them. We're not talking about flesh and blood here, please. Somebody listen on the internet. Shoot them in the belly with the anointed word of God. When you, put, when you put your hand forth to heal, you'll know what to do. Now there's another thing I want you to remember. I don't want you to get any, I don't want to get any messages from you saying that we're just holding our position. We're not holding anything. That's not allowed. Let the demons do that. We're advancing constantly. We're not interested in holding on to anything except the enemy's throat. We're going to hold him by the nose and we're going to kick him in the backside until he goes back to hell. We're going to kick the hell out of him all the time. And we're going to go through him like gas through a Humvee at 90 miles an hour. There's one thing you soldiers will be able to say when you get home, and you may thank God for it. 30 years from now, 30, yeah, it'd be 30 years from this year, 31 years, Josiah, 30 years from now, when you're sitting around your fireside with your grandson or granddaughter and you need, and they ask you, what did you do in the great reformation of the church? You won't have to say, well, I sang religious hymns. On Sunday, and I ran a soup kitchen on some Saturdays. No, that, not, the soup kitchen's not wrong, but this thing's bigger than a soup kitchen. You'll be able to tell them, I camped out right outside the gates of hell, and I rescued the perishing. All right now, you sons of God, you know how I feel. And oh, by the way, I'll be proud to lead you mighty soldiers into battle. I'm proud to walk with you, General. I'm honored that God has allowed Tim and Carol in this house to become our friends. I'm proud to lead you mighty soldiers into battle anytime, anywhere against any demon or religious Pharisee. So my commanding word to you is, whatever Jesus says, let the Christ in you do it. Father, I pray, 
over the people watching this streaming, over the people in this room, that there is a stirring in their heart to a new level of faith, a new level of tenaciousness, a new level of fervency, a new level of battle, a new level of, level of war, a new level of strength, a new level, level of energy, <coughs> a new level of hope, a new level of refreshing, a new level of endurance, a new level, Father, for you have got this thing. You just need boots on the ground. We've got air superiority. That's been prophesied, but it's now the time to be boots on the ground. Let us accomplish your will here on earth, even as it is in heaven. I just hear the Lord saying something very simple. There's a new day coming, a day as we've never seen. Some will miss it, but some will embrace it. Those that embrace it will go to another level, but those that miss it because of the blindness that they've allowed fear and religion to impart in them. For there's not one too old or one too young that cannot be used in this moment. I saw before I began to prophesy this to him, children. I'm talking about little, you know, probably four years old and younger weeping and crying at the altar for this nation. I'm going home. Our church is very young, and we're building, going to add on to the nursery, but we're going to, we're going to motivate them. We've already taught uh, the curriculum. I, did your daughter do it on the Seven Mountains in our children's church? We've taught it through that we bought years ago and everything. But I'm just saying there's a prayer movement coming out of the children. I just saw that. But I just declare over this house, you're well-positioned, and you've now become postured. And the Lord said, you're becoming more effective. And the Lord said, but yet there's another level and another level and another level. I'm drawing you up higher, says the Lord. And I'm drawing you into my presence. I'm empowering you. I'm giving you everything that's needed, but you're needed. You got to settle in your heart. You're needed. Don't let the enemy. I heard this this morning when I first rose up. He said, tell this to your congregation. There's somebody here that feels you don't really carry significance. And I heard the Lord say, tell everybody here, you might just be the hem of his garment, but you're all that's needed. If, he, if, you, if, if they can touch you as the hem of the garment, the virtue of healing and life can flow out of you into them. I encourage you with that. I don't care if you feel like, you know, in his day, the hem of the garment got pretty dirty. In his day, it was with that. But you might feel soiled. You might feel unworthy. You might feel insignificant but God said you're all that I need if you'll just give yourself over to me thank you Tim there are times down through history when you come to a moment that be that reaches a critical mass you can study that going back through time and that is the point where someone like a Patton or go back through history further and there's so many that you could name I feel like we're at a critical mass that is requiring the warriors to make their stand and I believe this, this is the time that we're in.
And so I'm going to ask you, if you will, these next couple of moments to agree in prayer with me over what I believe is not just, <clears throat> well, uh, I would say that it is, it is an assignment, not just for America, but for the, the world. Because decisions that are about to be made is going to affect every nation. And our God has a plan. One of the things I'm holding on to myself is our God is a whole lot smarter than our adversaries. And He has armies. He has armies on, of a remnant and of heaven that are ready to engage. And we will make our stand. But I want to pray over this assignment and put it in the hands of the Lord. I feel like that is something we can do. We can add our part. And you can add your part. As the prophet just said, every one of you have a purpose. Remember when I taught you, we all put our shoulder to the wheel. So would you put your shoulder to the wheel and those of you that are watching around the world or from wherever you are, would you put your shoulder to the wheel? So we commit an assignment, I believe, that God has called us to for the changing of our world and for an establishment of the principles of Almighty God. Because however you look at it, at some point you must say this is the will of the Lord and we stand for it we know what his will is will we stand for it and I'm telling you millions are so would you add your faith to mine and let's pray Father we engage ourselves in a time that somewhere in the Godhead was determined and the determinate counsel of God moved us to fulfill a moment to step into a historic time and and declare the fulfillment and plan of the living God we do not take this upon ourselves and we do not take it lightly we take it as an assignment from you knowing that without you we can do nothing but with you all things are possible. And Lord, we do it with the understanding the odds are not against us. The odds are in our favor. Because you have given to us exceeding great and precious promises. You have given to us as one of those promises. Millions in the army of heaven angelic princes and angelic warriors and we would have to say and we will say as we stare in the face of adversity and lying spirits greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world as we say into the face of demon princes of anarchy and lawlessness greater is he that is in us than you are as we stand and we look into the face 
of lying spirits. Greater is he who is in us than you. As we stare into the face of government corruption and warped ideologies of demons, greater is he that is in us than you. We declare today our strength is in you, our sufficiency is in you, and you said, I will raise up an ecclesia, a glorious church, a governmental body, and they will take the battle to the gates of their enemies. And we know, Father, that gates in Scripture represent the governing capital, the seat of authority. We take that. We dare because of your word go there and we declare in Jesus name that our hope is not in vain we have an anchor of the soul we have your word we will not back off from your word and we will make our stand trusting you just as hero after hero after hero did in the book of Hebrews those that didn't hold their lives dear to themselves those that we stand on their shoulders today who were sawn asunder who were stoned who were beaten with rods the cat of nine tails, imprisoned, taken into captivity. We stand on that cloud of witnesses' shoulders. Beyond that, we stand on the shoulders of the King of Kings, who defied all odds and rose from the dead. Receiving a new mantle and anointing as you, Father, poured holy anointing all over his head, seated him at your right hand, and declared him to be King of kings and Lord of lords. We stand on your shoulders, King Jesus, and we understand we are led by another person of the Godhead who is with us and in us, who is the Spirit of truth, who is the Lord of angel armies, Lord Sabaoth himself, who is the gifter and the anointing. We are led by him. And so we don't flinch in the face of oppositions or adversity. We relish and honor and will serve with passion the cause of our King. And this will rise all across this nation for our times and we will change it according to your word. 
And we are not Sunday morning warriors, however long it takes. We will stand. We recognize and we honor what you have done in positioning angel armies. We thank you for the assistance of Michael and the cavalry of heaven even this week. We thank you for, for the chariots of fire that already are circling Michigan, Arizona, and Wisconsin. And those that are engaged and being brought to the battle lines in Georgia, all around this nation. And those, Lord, that are circling the capital of this nation, even as David saw 20,000 war chariots of heaven. We believe and we know, Lord, those angels did not pass away. And they are activating in our times. And you have promised that you are synergizing the faith of your people together. You are synergizing the anointings. All the anointings you have poured out throughout history. You're putting the energy of movement after movement after movement of Holy Spirit behind the wheels of this time and you are engaging a righteous radical remnant that are putting their shoulders to the wheel and they won't back down they will stand with you as Gideon's 300 they will stand with you as as David's mighty men we care not. We care not for ourselves. We care not as those who held not their lives dear to themselves. What an honor it is to rise up and be led by the King of Kings, Messiah the Breaker into America and into this world and led by the spirit of truth the power the dunamis of heaven and we say in Jesus name the explosion of the kingdom of God and its forces will come and and blow up the strongholds of darkness And we will make our, our declaration the same as our king's declaration. I will pour out my spirit upon you. You will forbid what needs forbidden. You will turn the key and lock what needs to be locked. And unlock what needs to be unlocked and you will receive the anointing to prevail we declare it in Jesus name 